Let's pray. Lord, as we come to you this morning to hear your word, we ask that you would open up our ears and our hearts and our minds to receive it. It is only by the power of your Holy Spirit that these words become more than words and transform us. They tell us of who you are and of who we are to you. Lord, be with us in this time now. Give me the strength to deliver your word and all of us the strength and the ability to receive it in your grace. Amen. At Christmas, we celebrate uh, the greatest theophany. A theophany is God appearing. Uh, we celebrate the greatest theophany of Christ uh, coming to be with us. God himself, God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, is born into our world as one of us. Well, there are many theophanies in the Bible. Um, maybe one of the, the better known ones is where God appears to Moses in the burning bush. There are similarities between uh, all of these theophanies. Um, Christ coming, it sets the stage and it really sets in motion God's, God's plan of redemption and God's plan of salvation for his people. Or this theophany, um, this God appearing to Moses from the bush, really sets off God's plan of redemption for his people Israel from Egypt. So this morning we're going to look at Exodus chapter 3. This is um, a continuation of the story of when God appears to Moses in the bush and calls him and commissions him for his work. So I invite you to turn in the word to Exodus chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 7 through 12. Exodus 3, 7 through 12. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, who wants to hear a story of, uh, of bad parenting? Brought to you by me. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was Halloween uh, two years ago, and we lived in Edmonton. Halloween two years ago, we lived in Edmonton, and there was, um, in our neighborhood, the next neighborhood over, there was a community league, and they were, they were hosting a, a haunted house. Now, um, our kids, our girls, Sarah and Anna, were three at the time, um, so we would not 
take them to a legitimate haunted house. Um, Give me a little bit of credit. This haunted house was during the day, um, and they, uh, through secondhand information, we heard that there was going to be uh, princesses and superheroes instead of the scary stuff. It was going to be a family-friendly time uh, during the day. And it really, I mean, it's a community league. How, how scary, how legitimate could this haunted house be? So we, me and Christy, we decided that we were going to take our girls to this family-friendly event. And we soon found out, well, just how serious they take Halloween and just how inaccurate this, this second-hand information that was about the, the princesses and superheroes. Because when we got there, it was dark inside. This thing was really well done. It was dark inside. There was, uh, there was scary music playing. There was uh, dark black lights and red lights. Uh, there was a fog machine. And there, there definitely were not uh, superheroes and princesses that were waiting for us. No, there were zombie nurses, uh, grim reapers, and scary clowns. And they were all too excited to scare us. Within the first, uh, I would say, five seconds, the girls were clinging to our legs. And within the first... Uh, within the first minute, they were in our arms, burying their heads into our necks so they didn't have to see what was going on. And so we rushed through trying to find the end of this never-ending maze of a haunted house, cursing the whole experience and praying that our kids would not be scarred forever. (laughs) Moses. Moses is a little bit freaked out by God's command. Moses has been shepherding in Midian for the last 40 years of his life. It's been uh, a quiet, steady, predictable life. He takes the sheep out to pasture. He makes sure that they're cared for, that they're they're well-fed, makes sure that they're safe. Well, then Moses returns home. He sees his family, his wife, Zephora. He sees his son, Gershom. He gets something to eat. He rests up, and then he does it again. This is, this is predictable. This is, this is safe for Moses. This is comfortable for Moses. One day, he's on the far side of the wilderness, out by Mount Horeb, and he sees a bush that is burning, 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 and it just doesn't burn up. Just the flame. And from, from this bush, he, he hears a voice Moses goes near, and the voice says, Moses, Moses. Oh, here I am. I am the God of your father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I have seen the misery of my people. I have heard the cries of my people. I'm going to rescue them. I'm going to bring them out of Egypt into a land that is flowing with milk and honey. And Moses at this point is thinking, yes, Lord, do this. These people need to be freed. These slaves need liberation. These are my people. And the Lord says, so go. I am sending you to Pharaoh. I am sending you to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. And at this point, you can imagine how, how wide Moses' eyes get with, with surprise and with fear. Me? Who am I? 
Oh, Moses has a right to be afraid. And Moses is being sent to Pharaoh, who is the most powerful ruler in the world. Probably with just the, the nod of his head, Pharaoh can have Moses killed just for showing up in his presence. And it's not like Moses is bringing gifts and heaping praises upon Pharaoh. No, Moses is coming with a demand to let his slaves go. This is the, the, uh, the labor force of the Egyptian people. This is the, the cash cow, really, of Egypt. So, of course, this is not going to sit well with Pharaoh. Well, not only that, Moses is not a neutral party in this situation. See, because Moses was actually born in Egypt. He was born to Hebrew parents. And then he was raised by uh, the princess of Egypt, raised to be an Egyptian. And when he grew up, Moses was out uh, watching the slaves labor, watching the Hebrew people, his own people labor. And he saw an Egyptian beating one of the slaves. And so Moses, passionate, took things into his own hand and he decided to kill the Egyptian soldier. He didn't think that anybody was watching, so he killed him and buried him in the sand. Well, turns out that somebody did see him. Turns out that Pharaoh found out. Turns out now that Pharaoh wanted to kill Moses. Well, this is why Moses is in Midian. Moses is a murderer. Moses is a fugitive. He's been on the run for 40 years. He's been hiding out in Midian. Now the Lord is asking him to go back to this place. To go back to the place where he committed this crime. And if that's not enough, the people that he's asked to lead, they don't trust him. Moses' last encounter with, uh, with the Hebrew people sees Moses trying to intervene. Two Hebrews are, are kind of quarreling with each other and Moses tries to step in and says, hey, look, we're, we're, we're on the same team. And one of, the, one of the slaves, one of the Hebrew people, turns to him and says, uh, who are you? Who put you as ruler over us? What, are you going to kill me too? Well, these are the last words that Moses hears from his people before he flees the country. Well, God is calling Moses from the bush. Moses, go. Go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh. I'm sending you to Egypt so that my people can be set free. Well, Moses is staring into this unknown, uncertain future, heading back to Egypt. Oh, it's kind of like where we're at. We're at today, January 1st. Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year. What does the year 2023 hold for us? What will God ask of us in this new year? As individuals, what is God going to ask of us? Well, maybe we're going to be asked to walk through something that's, that's hard. Probably going to be asked to walk through something that's challenging, something that scares us. Maybe it's going to be the loss of a loved one. I know several of you have lost loved ones in this past year. And now you're facing this new year and there's going to be new things to confront without them. And that is, that is not only sad, but that's also scary. Well, maybe the Lord is going to ask you to turn towards uh, something from your past, kind of like Moses, where 
Maybe you've caused a pain to somebody else or somebody else has caused a pain to you, hurt to you, and you've been running away from it. You've been trying to to go the other way, but now maybe God is going to invite you in this new year to turn towards it, to encounter it, to engage with it. Or maybe there's there's a habit or an addiction that you are dependent on. And just the mere thought of it, the mere thought of somebody taking this away from you just really scares you. You cannot live without this. Or maybe in the new year, God is asking you to take the step to get help. Maybe it's a career move. Maybe it's a a geography move. Maybe it's a willingness to use your, your gifts and your talents in a new way. Well, it's exciting. It's a little bit exciting facing the unknowns of the new year, but it's a lot frightening. That's individuals. What about us as a, as a corporate body? What is the Lord going to ask of, of us as Midland Reform Church in the year 2023? Who is the Lord going to ask us to serve? Are we going to be asked to serve people that make us feel uncomfortable? Are we going to be asked to, to put our resources into something that maybe seems risky? maybe seems a little bit foreign to us? Are we going to be asked to maybe give up a little bit of our comfort, to give up a a little bit of our time, give up a little bit of of our privilege so that somebody else might benefit, so somebody else might be comfortable? Is that what the Lord's going to ask of us in the new year? Well, maybe the Lord is going to ask us to turn towards pain, to turn towards our hurt, Maybe there's pain that we've encountered as a church or or pain that we've uh, maybe inflicted on somebody else as a church. And the Lord is going to invite us into talking about that, into turning towards it. Maybe we're going to be asked to have hard conversations, hard conversations about human sexuality. Well, there's not going to be any good decision. There's not going to be a decision where everybody wins. Well, that sounds kind of scary. That doesn't sound fun to encounter. What is the Lord going to ask us to do as a body in this upcoming year as we stare out into the unknowns of this year? Moses' response is, well, who am I? He resists, he hesitates, who am I? We resist. Who, who am I? Who, who are we? Well, not me, Lord. Not us or, or not now. But with this call comes a promise. With this call comes a pledge from God. He says, go and I will be with you. When God calls his people to something, there's always attached to it this promise that I will be with you. We see this when Jesus is getting ready to ascend into heaven with his disciples. He says, go, make disciples of all nations and be certain of this, that I am going to be with you always to the very end of the age. God's promise when he calls his people is that I will be with you. And when God's presence is with us, we find comfort, we find guidance, and we find strength. 
God's presence, comfort, guidance, and strength. So comfort, comfort. God's presence means comfort. So for us, for for Anna and Sarah, we didn't just take them to the haunted house and leave them. Oh no, we were were there with them. And they, they turned to us. When they were afraid, they turned to us because we had an, an established relationship with them. They looked at us as mom and dad, as people who love them, as people who protect them, and as people who care for them. We were able to scoop them up and hold them close to us when they were afraid. When God calls to Moses out of the bush, one of the first things he says is I am God. I am the father of, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And he says, he refers to the Israelites as my people. What this is, is covenant language. This is language to remind Moses that God has committed himself to a people. He has committed himself to the Israelites. Because in the promise to Abraham, he promised that he would be the God of Abraham's descendants. There is a relationship that's established. And when Moses hears this, he can find comfort knowing that this God is faithful to his promise always, knowing that he too is a part of that promise that these Hebrew people come in the line of Abraham and will be cared for by the Lord because the Lord is committed to his promise and he is committed to his people. So when the Lord calls him out, His presence will go with him and that presence will be a comfort because God is good and he is for his people. That's the same with us. When we go through our struggles, when we face struggles in the year 2023, we know that this God is for us because this covenant that was established with Abraham of this promise of relationship with his descendants, well, it extends to us. It extends to us by the power and the work of Jesus Christ. This covenant is signed, sealed, and delivered in him, that this God is our God, and that we are his people, and that his presence, his loving presence, will never leave us. It will never turn away from us. Neither death nor life neither the past nor the future nor any power. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God and Jesus Christ. This is what Paul says in Romans chapter 8. As we go through the year 2023, we know that God's presence will be with us. And that presence, in that presence, we can find comfort because God has committed himself to us. He has committed himself to us for our good so that we might know his love. God's presence is comfort. Well, second, God's presence guides. Now, what would it have done for Sarah and Anna if we were in the haunted house and we just merely scooped them up and didn't go anywhere? That wouldn't have done anything for them. We knew as parents that we needed to get out of this haunted house as quick as possible. We knew that we, the end goal here was back into the daylight. But we knew, also knew that the only way out was to go through. Well, God's presence means that there is somebody with us that knows the way. There is somebody with us who knows where things are going to end up. Well, God calls to Moses. 
And he says, Moses, I have a plan. My plan is to rescue my people. I'm going to take, take the Hebrews from slavery in Egypt, and I am going to put them in freedom in the land of Canaan, a land flowing with milk and with honey. Well, God knows where he is going. God knows what he is doing. He has a plan for his people. This life is not one of random chance where God reacts to whatever happens. No, God is the primary mover. God is the one who makes things happen. God is the one who initiates. God says, I have a plan, and this plan is going to be fulfilled. Well, the plan that he gave to Moses, the task wasn't easy. No, but it was clear. Moses, this is what I want you to do. And his plan always focuses on redemption. It always focuses on restoration. God's overarching plan is to bring all things under Christ, where God is going to save those he calls. He's going to redeem them, and God is going to restore all that is broken in his creation. Well, this is the same for us. We know that everything in our life comes under the leadership, comes under the guidance of our God who knows the way to go. Everything that happens will lead in this direction toward this redemption and restoration. And yeah, sometimes we may be asked to wait. Yep, and that's hard. And sometimes we, we may not know how God's plan really fits with what's going on in our life right now, but we can be assured. We can have confidence. We can trust that God knows the way and that God is leading in this way of redemption, and that everything that happens will be for his glory and for our good. It will be for our growth as his disciples, as people who are being shaped and molded in order to bring, uh, to bring hope and to bring light, the light of Jesus Christ, into a broken and hurting world. God does not leave us alone to wander. No, God, by his power, by his spirit, he guides us. So God's presence, it brings comfort. It brings guidance. Do we remember what the last thing was? Strength. God's, God's presence is strength. Well, the Lord Almighty, the Lord of hosts, the creator, the holder upper of the universe is present with us, with us. Now, do you think it was by Moses' own strength that the Nile River turned to blood? No. Do you think that it was by Moses' own strength that a plague of gnats swept over Egypt? Do you think that as, as the, uh, the Egyptian army pursued, see, um, Pharaoh let the people go, but then he said, you know what, I need, to, I need to get these people back. So he started in hot pursuit of them, sending hundreds of chariots and charioteers after these people. And these people came uh, to, the, to, a, to a dead end, to the sea, do you think it was Moses or Moses' own strength where he could stand before the people and he could say, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Stay still. The Lord will fight for you. Was Moses able to say that in his own strength? Was it Moses' power that caused him to divide the Red Sea? Was it by Moses' power that he was able to take that step onto the dry seabed and lead the people across? No, so too with us. Is it by our strength that we carry on when life gets hard? 
Is it by our strength that we were able to sit with somebody who is in crisis, somebody who has experienced a hardship, somebody who is going through a tragedy? Maybe it's us. Maybe it's ourselves. Is it by our strength that we sit in this discomfort and even while we sit there, we still hold on to God's promise and we still confess that, yes, God is holding us and God is holding this situation too? Is it our strength that allows us to keep taking one step, one foot in front of the other, when all we want to do really is just to lay down and give up? Is it our strength that allows us to keep walking faithfully? Is it by our strength that we take that first bold step into the counselor's office and work towards engaging those things of our past or maybe our present? Is it by our strength that we're able to sit with somebody Sit with somebody and listen to them share their experience of how they've been hurt without us becoming defensive. Do we, that, do we do that in our own strength? All of these things are not by our own strength. They come from the Lord. The Lord is strong. When the Lord is with us, his strength is with us. Well, God tells Moses, Moses, Go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh. I'm sending you to Egypt to set my people free. I will be with you, is the promise that Moses gets. Well, this is the same promise that we get as we look out into 2023, into the, into the unknown, into the scary parts, to the unknown parts of 2023. This is the promise. God says, I will be with you. And we say, thanks be to God. Well, let's pray. God, we thank you that you are a God who makes promises. And these promises are so sweet to our ears, Lord. They are like balm over our hurting souls. Lord, we pray that that promise would sink deep within us at the start of this year that we would know your presence, Lord, that we would hear that promise that you are with us, Lord, and that we would believe it deeply, that you would continue to affirm it, that you would assure us that in Jesus Christ you will never leave us or forsake us. God, give us strength in this new year to follow you. In Christ's name we pray, amen.